0: at the same time but i could lose focus cause i had to grind deals on the table money on my mind i gotta shine ladies but niggas behind Oh they just say week to week nigga no sleep but i can't complain cause the family gotta eat deals on the table money on my mind time for me to shine from the hood like my mama raised me I wish a nigga would underestimate me girls wanna test my patience take it too far blow a bitch back drag her through the fucking bar you wish you wish yeah you wish hey hey I'm so excited that was LaBritney y'all LaBritney is from Love & Hip Hop I fucking love her so much real shit that record is called Deals shout out to LaBritney um Hi! It's been a minute, y'all. I know I left you, and I'm so sorry. I have finals. And my last episode, episode 7, I recorded, I think, a week right before my finals. So I've been really, really busy. And um, I'm done. And it's finally spring break. And I'm so excited to be back right now. So this is episode 8 of my humble-ass podcast the perfect blend hosted by yours truly kay so bitch let's get up into it y'all i'm over here feeling calm right now you know march is coming to an end y'all like winter session of school wore a bitch out and i'm just so thankful for it to be over y'all like i'm telling y'all like i felt like it took something out of my spirit y'all like i felt like everything was just a little all over the place but we made it through and that's all that matters as long as you make it through and I feel like that's the biggest lesson I'm learning these days. It's like, you know what? You just got to really hang in there and make it through and push through, bitch. You just got to push through, girl. As soon as you feel like the 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 time is getting strong and tough, girl, you just got to hold the fuck on. You got to hold the fuck on and get through. So with all that being said, bitch, let's start with the Yes Queen Award. Okay. So my first Yes Queen Award this week goes to Miss Kalani. She actually gave birth um, to her baby girl this past weekend. The baby's name is Adeya. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Um, shout out to you, Kaylani. You are a beautiful young woman out here. You have a beautiful spirit. I love your music. I love your work. Um, the latest EP is Fire, y'all. The latest EP is called While We Wait by Kehlani. Make sure you guys go check it out. Um, my favorite tracks on that are uh, Butterfly, Love Language. And I also love the song she did with um, Black or Six Black. I believe he pronounces his name Black. Anyway, she did a record with him called RPG. I love that song. It's one of my favorite songs on the album So, um, or on the EP. Yes. Anywho, Kehlani, you get a Yes Queen Award. My second Yes Queen Award goes to Rihanna she released um a few more of the body lavas like two two new um shades of it so she released trophy wife and um, the other one, I'm not sure of the name of the other one, but it's like a light pink, bronzy gold, like a rose gold pink um, body shimmer, body lover product. So shout out to you, Rihanna and Fenty Beauty. But sis, I'm going to need a new album because look, this weekend I was driving on the freeway crawl and I was bumping on apologetic and I'm just praying that the new album gives me a mix of Unapologetic mixed with rated R, mixed with good girl, gone bad. I want those three errors in one. I don't want anti. Okay. <laughs> I I just I need some I need some ratchet pop bangers. You said I need Rihanna to get a little hood on me again, y'all. Like I need, I need pour it up. I need say it from the good girl gone bad album i need some i need some i just need some new fresh material from rihanna i'm gonna need her to chill because look rihanna i love you and see you get a yes queen word because you are a fucking entrepreneur you are a businesswoman okay rihanna is taking a break from music because she wants to make sure that she is just setting up herself you know for the future why not and as you all know i don't know if you all know rihanna actually had um like a really, really long, strenuous court case against one of her financial advisors a few years ago. I believe back in 2012, around that time period, where her financial advisor at the time stole millions of dollars from her. They were in court duking it out for a few years, and she won um, a $10 million lawsuit against that financial advisor. So I feel like after after that situation happened with her finances, Rihanna was like, you know what, fuck this music shit. A lot of people are shading this fucking industry. I'm gonna get out here and stack my money and become a businesswoman And, and, you know, honestly, I fucking respect it. I love it. And, you know, shout out to you, RiRi. Who else? Um, I want to mix it up. I don't want to give a Yes Queen Award to the same people every single week. So my third Yes Queen Award goes to... um, hmm. I want to give my third Yes Queen Award to someone who I know personally... Oh, it's a friend of mine. I'm not sure if she would feel okay. Actually, I think she would be fine with me saying her name. You know, she has a business and stuff like that. A dear friend of mine, her name is Mitra. um, And me and her went to college together back in the day, and we actually hung out earlier today. And um, she was telling me how she has her own life coaching business right now and how overall she's just pushing through and how she's a lot happier with her life. And specifically with Mitra, Um, I remember back in the day, we would study together. We met in one of my classes um, because I'm a women's studies, gender studies major, y'all. And I'm not going to say what school. I'm going to try not to say it in this conversation just for the sake of our privacy. But um, me and her met in one of our classes and we clicked instantly. And I just really love how caring she is. She is just such a gentle spirit, y'all. She's one of those. I love her. Mitra, I love you so much because you're one of those people who kind of, like, you will give the shirt off your back. So I just want to affirm that beautiful queen today. I love you, Mitra. Thank you for the wonderful time that we had. I I needed to just, like, me and her, we met up for coffee, and we just, like, walked around. And it was such a dope, beautiful thing. So I was really excited to hang out with her today and, you know, revisit an old friend that I haven't seen in years. I haven't seen her in so many years. So it was nice to just finally take a break and kind of just enjoy the city and, um, you know, have some coffee. I had, like, I had some coffee, y'all. You know, I'm a coffee head child. But my blood sugar is high, darling. I You know, I went to the doctor about a month ago, and they told me my blood sugar was high. So I have to literally, like, watch everything I eat now. So I had, like, a kale salad, y'all, and some cucumbers and shit, and some quinoa, you know. So I was feeling real bougie. You know, <laughs> but... <laughs> But it was it was such a good time. So Mitra, I give you a Yes Queen Award. You know, you're someone who I know dearly. And you know, this podcast, you know, it is celebrity driven, but I am a real person. Okay. And, um, you know, sometimes I want to talk about real shit that's happening in my real life that has absolutely nothing to fucking do with celebs you know, to show you all not only that I'm a human, but that, you know, I, I I sincerely want people to get something out of this. And I know that for the last few episodes I've been kinda of taking these little these little uh week breaks or like two or three week breaks, y'all, but I thank you all for the ones who listen and who keep following. Cause I, you know, I feel bad sometimes that I can't give you an episode every single week due to me having to prioritize my education and prioritize my money. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, sometimes I got to like pull back from the social media and the podcast stuff and focus on my real life. And I actually took a one week hiatus away from social media last week, actually. Um, I took a... Actually, no, two weeks ago. I'm so sorry about that. I took a week off from social media to strictly just take care of myself and do self-care. I felt like social media sort of became this thing of, I'm checking it every single day. It kind of runs my life. And I was just like, oh my God. And not just the ratchet, fun, celeb stuff, but just... I felt like I was kind of being bombarded with just too much. (laughs) And, you know, just like seeing all these tragedies happening around the world and... Um, you know, just always like uh, stuff just became a little overwhelming, y'all. You know, January and February was some some crazy months in regards to the celebrity stuff. I felt like every time I went online, I'm seeing all these, you know, stories about R. Kelly and Michael Jackson and you know, rape victims, and it it just it just all seemed a lot just seeing every it just was too much for me sometimes and not only that just the other bullshit that's online as well all in all I all in all I felt like I was spending way too much time online and I needed to just pull back you know and rebalance myself and I'm so happy I took a week off. It did a lot for me. It allowed me to kind of just get back in tune and silence out the noise of the world a little bit you know I also really didn't watch any that much TV. You know, I was just kind of focused on my finals and, like, just kind of censoring myself so I could really close out my winter session. So um, I pray that I pass my classes. But that's that's kind of like a short update on me, y'all. So those are the Yes Queen Awards for this week. Uh, we have a lot to discuss, y'all. Like, let's get to the fun shit. Okay, so the first topic that I want to talk about is Kodak Black and Young and May. So Young and May is the female rapper. She is a lesbian, identified woman. She is masculine. She, she's a stud, you know? Um, and Kodak Black is some random ass fucking rapper. I don't know where the fuck he's from. All I know is that I always see him on my timeline. You know? Ugh he's a typical rapper, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> a typical rapper of this time period, y'all. Like, he is just, he's a little problematic. But what rapper isn't? You feel me? Nobody's perfect. But, you know, some of the shit he be saying, I just be like, girl, like, what are you doing? Like, he just, I feel like he's clout chasing right now. And I feel like hes he's pulling a Takashi, you know? So, not only was he in the headlines in the recent weeks, about what he said about Young and May, but he was also in the headlines over the weekend because he compared himself to Biggie and Tupac. So let's go back to the Young and May thing. Kodak Black went on, you know, on public record, you know, online or whatever, saying how he was he would you know have sexual relations or or put it on Young and May. He was saying like you know I, I would hit that, I would do this to her, I would I'll smash, I'll fuck her, I'll do this, I'll do that, right? Everybody blew it up on social media, of course. And a lot of people were pointing out the fact that Young and May is a lesbian and how disrespectful that is. And then some people were saying how that makes them gay because you know Young and May she is very masculine. She, you know, she she she's very masculine. She's a a, a beautiful masculine woman. She dresses very masculine. She, you know, she's very like macho. So for him to say that every it it was weird because you had some people who were like, "Yo, you just disrespectful to women." Then some people were like, you disrespecting her because she a lesbian. Then you have some weird people who were like, you disrespecting her, that make you gay. And it's like, but she's still a woman? So, like, everybody was just fucking confused, bitch. Nobody knew what the fuck was going on. And, girl, like... (laughs) Y'all niggas is doing too much. Like, that's all I gotta say. Like, I felt like... It was it was kinda comical to me the reactions of people. Like a part of me, I was happy that people were defending younger men saying, Yo, you just being disrespectful as fuck But it was the reason why people were calling him out was solely on the basis of her being a masculine lesbian. Now, if she was a femme, if she was a femme lesbian, you know, like a lipstick lesbian or whatever, people wouldn't have said anything because, you know, femmes tend to have, they they tend to pass as straight women when they're really, you know, not. But, you know, due to them being so hyper femme, people often think that they're straight. So, or people may assume you know, typically that they're straight, unless unless they say something. Anywho, child, you know, <laughs> so the, another point about this too, y'all, is that, you know, when it comes to hip-hop, hip-hop is very misogynistic. Women are bashed in hip-hop like crazy. That is just a part of the culture, unfortunately. <laughs> you know, bitches, hoes, this, this, and that. You know, I ain't perfect. You know, I, I enjoy some of those trap records, okay? I do, but there are some records where I'd be like, oh my God, what am I listening to? You know, like, <laughs> there are some times where I, I might be like, oh, child, this, this is a lot. But then, you know, I, I like Too Short at the same time. So that's the contradiction of it. I'm admitting it, y'all, I ain't perfect. You know, I love me some Trina. You know, I like a good ratchet bop, you know, but at the same time, We all know that hip-hop culture tends to be very um, misogynistic, you know. So I just think that the reason why people reacted like this, and which I'm kind of happy about, is because um, it kind of shows the growth in the community a little bit, in the hip-hop world a little bit. You know, Young and May is very popular. I really like how Young and May uh, censors herself. I feel like Young and May has a way of being out of the closet that a lot of uh, female rappers who who are lesbian they're not out about it. And you know, that's that's there are several factors that contribute to that. We are in a different time period where you know a lot more people are coming out the closet now. A lot more people are comfortable. I feel like as a society we are at a place now. Where it's not perfect, but I do feel like a lot of people are finally aware (laughs) or acknowledging the fact that there are, like, lesbians, that there are trans people, that there are gay people, that there are queer people. Like, I feel like people, even if they don't agree with it or support it, people are at a point where they're like, oh, these people are here now. These are what I'm saying. Even Even if it's foreign to them and they might not agree with it and we still have our discrimination and things like that. We also live in a time where things are just a little bit more different depending on your location, where you are, your popularity, things like that. So if you're like an LGBT person in modern times in 2019. Anywho, that caused a lot of funny controversy. You know, it's it's crazy because how does that make him gay? Because she's still a woman, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) And then it's sort of like... (laughs) He is disrespectful. So it's it's different sides of it that kind of... They're all kind of convoluted and just all over the place. But Young and May basically, basically got online and she was like, yo, y'all fucking... Y'all writing my, my dick right now. Since y'all want to ride my dick, look at the link in the bio. Listen to my music. Like, this is great promo for me. Like, although he's disrespectful or whatever, like, listen to my music. And... Oh, I'm so sorry for stuttering, y'all. I'm so excited. Anywho. Um... <laughs> And then she also said that she knows Kodak and she's seen him in passing a few times and she was wondering why he would say something like that. And that basically she would just talk to him the next time she saw, it and saw him in person. I said saw it in person, child. Ooh, Kodak is a mess. Basically that she was, you know, see him in person and ask him what that was about and clear it up. And she was just saying how, like, she felt like everybody online was just being fucking extra. And... I agree with her. But at the same time, I was kind of... It's for, you know, the community. The positive side of it is that people were defending her being a lesbian, if that makes sense. Like... And I know that it might seem extra to her, but a part of me, I'm like, damn, bitch, that's still kind of like a... I'm not, I don't want to call her a bitch. I'm sorry, y'all. But, you know, for me, I'm saying damn, bitch, loosely. You know, it's like, damn, bitch, like, that's a win for the community, right? Like, you having people kind of defend you being disrespected by a man in general. You see what I'm saying? So if you kind of pull back and look at it like that, that's sort of like a semi-win that people are kind of like, yo, you need to chill like you're doing too much. You know, but at the same time, what about those straight women who are disrespected on a constant? You know what I'm saying by men, and 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 rap music are often just disrespected. You know what I'm saying, and that's just sort of like a normal thing. It's just it's 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 crazy how that is so embedded in our culture. Anywho, shout out to Young and May. I want her to handle that shit. You know what I'm saying, and I feel like she should just take this and get that promo off of it shit. You know, they say that, (laughs) you know, they say that all promo is good promo, rather it's positive or negative, darling. So, you know, I feel like you should just take that shit, write that shit, promote your motherfucking music, bitch. And, you know, Kodak, I just feel like he's, now let's get back to his ass. I feel like he is just on a cloud chasing high. I feel like Kodak is just you know, over the, the past few days, he didn't post a video on Instagram Live talking about how he is in the lane of Tupac and Biggie. Now, he's been doing a lot of antics lately. He also, a few weeks ago, he was at a club and he disrespected Lil Wayne. And he basically was calling out Lil Wayne and Regine, his his daughter, got online. Resume, A.K.A. Resume, y'all. Shout out. They call Regine Resume, y'all. Ooh, anyways, resume. Actually, I like calling her resume in a playful way. Because that's that's from Madison and Kaya on Queens Court, y'all. Anywho. <laughs> Regine got online, of course, defending her father after she saw the video of Kodak in the club. Basically calling Lil Wayne out and saying how his, how his career was dead and how he ain't shit. And just disrespecting Lil Wayne. So, you know, Kodak has been on this era of antics. And... The gag about it is that I don't know if this is like a thing for show, but to me, it goes back to the look. Here's one thing that I feel like these male rappers are noticing now. And Takashi69 is not a legend in my eyes, but he's a troll. And his trolling was great. The way that Takashi trolled throughout 2017 and 2019 was fabulous. Now, we all might necessarily not really care for Takashi 69, but his trolling made him so likable, right? I feel like other artists such as Soja Boy and Kodak and a few other ones, they're on this wave of like, let me pull a a, a, a note out of a um, Takashi 69 book Dwarling, and I'm just doing I'm just going to get online and troll and show my fucking ass and people are going to like me because I'm just being a hot mess. You know, I feel like the male rappers sort of have a luxury of doing that these days and they're all just trying to stay in the light. That's honestly what I feel like this is about. Maybe Kodak sips some damn syrup or some shit like that, some codeine. I don't know. Maybe he's he, he has some dirty Sprite like Future Child. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Well, Kodak, okay, we don't know what's going on. You know, I've never really been a fan of him anyway. Um, you know, and after the whole Young and May comments, I was kind of like, "Oh, girl, he's one rapper that I'm just not tuning into." But you know, I do love my rap music, y'all. But he's he's not he's not like one of those standout rappers to me. He's just kind of like a part of. Of, you know, the new wave, where it's kind of like, you know, they have a few hit records. You know, they're ratchet. You know, they're fun. Whatever. They're in the club. You know, it's it's easy for a man to get his shit playing on the radio these days. Now, if you're a female, it's kind of hard. But if you're a male rapper, all these niggas mumble rap. All these niggas sound exactly the same. None of them are special. And <laughs> the newer ones, you see know what I'm saying? Like, the newer mumble rapping guys are not really all that talented to me, you know? But, um... But yeah, that doesn't mean that they don't give you a bop, you know, because some of their songs be bumping in the club, you know? But I say all that to say, shout out to Young and May Girl. Just keep your head up. Keep putting out keep putting out your fucking music and keep doing hot shit. Um, next topic. <clears throat> what else are we gonna talk about? Let's talk about oh <laughs> so over the weekend. You guys, I went to see the Us movie with my friend. It was so fun. Shout out to you, friend. You know exactly who you are. I'm not going to say your name on air. I want to give you your privacy. I, already, I know I already said my other friend's name on air, but, you know. Uh, I respect and love her, too. Anyways, I went to see Us this weekend. It was so fun, and I needed that. The movie was phenomenal. Lupita did a great job. Hell, you get a yes queen awards, uh, too, Lupita. She did a great job. The acting, to me, was great. You know, some people... Or saying that the movie was a terrible movie. I actually really, really liked it. Um, but of course, you're always gonna have those fucking devil advocates who are always trying to compare someone's second body of work to their first body of work. I feel like people always do that now. Where they're like, you know what, if it's not like the first one, it sucks. They don't, they don't, they don't ever give the second project its room to just be the second. For example, like people trashed, you know, Solange you know, for her second album, When I Get Home. They kept comparing it to a seat at the table. It's like, you guys have to stop, like, comparing shit. Give each project its space to be by itself. You feel me? Anywho, Jordan Peele, this is his, this is his second, you know, popular film, mainstream film. And I think people are looking for the get out effect, they, You know, I don't know if that's why they're so disappointed. Because I thought the acting was great. It was a great thriller. It was a great horror. It kept you on the edge of your seat. It was all over the place. It, it was it was dope. I thought it was great. The concepts were great. I don't know. I thought it was a phenomenal movie. It kept me on the edge of my seat, y'all. I had a great time. A bitch had some Pizza Hut pizza up in the theater. And an see with my homegirl. You know, and we... <laughs> We had a boss. So I enjoyed it. You know, the movie pulled in $70 million over the weekend, you guys. So this is the biggest opening horror film. They actually broke a record with this. So to me, it's dope that this was a Black film. You know what I mean? And um, that's that's a dope thing. But, you know, I feel like the horror department kind of sucks in general. You know, like there really haven't really been that many standout horror or like thriller or scary movies to me within the recent years. Not that many standout ones. I feel like that genre has kind of been left behind. I feel like now we live in an age where we're focusing on fucking superhero movies and like children's movies and stuff like that. And like comedy is kind of left out, like all the other ones, even like the whole romantic dramas, those aren't really doing that well, you know, but the numbers are coming in the whole superhero movies, you know what I'm saying? And that's not really my thing. But um, overall, I thought Us was great. It was a very um, triggering, like creepy movie. Look, y'all, I was so scared when I got home. I had a nightmare, y'all. That's how good it was. And me, I love horror films, but I'm a scaredy cat. But I enjoyed myself, you know. It kept me on the edge of my seat and I had a great time. And yeah, so that was a great movie. Um, Shout out to the Us cast. You guys did a great job. Um, Let's see. Um, Mr. Justin Bieber. So Justin Bieber posted something on his IG today, you guys. He basically was stating how he's been taking time for himself, enjoying his marriage and You know, he's been seeing that all of his fans have been wanting more music from him, you know, but how his health and his family comes first and how essentially that's his priority. But new new music will be coming soon. So if you're a Bieber, uh, uh, I don't know what the fuck they call his fans a believer yeah that's what they called him you know if you're a believer you guys fucking jump out of your seat bitch cuz new <laughs> new music is coming all right um i like he's one of those artists to me where when he came out i really didn't care for his like teeny bopper music but i was like you know what i feel like justin will be bomb as fuck when he's grown like some of these artists i'm like you know what i can't wait for you to become an adult so i can actually like listen to your music cuz I can't really listen to the whole teeny bopper music like that for example ariana grande is a prime example i really don't like her earlier work but i like her today as like a young woman <laughs> justin bieber i like him today as like a young man uh who else willow smith i'm kind of like sis i cannot wait for you to be like 22 and like 25 because i feel like she's gonna be like in the rihanna realm I feel like Willow Smith will definitely be very edgy and very... She'll be like a pop girl in the future. I could see that for Willow Smith, you know? Um, Yeah, anywho, Justin was just stating how his mental health was important and how on his last tour, towards the end of his last tour, he was very exhausted and he was really grumpy and he really just was not mentally stable enough to continue the tour and how unhappy he was. And honestly, look... This is this is why you we as people in general, celebrity or not, look, mental health is so important. Mental health is so real. And I feel like we live in a world in a society where we just like work ourselves to fucking death. Okay, bitch. And you know, it's okay to like pull back and have privacy and have quietness. You know, it's okay to like, I feel like, you know, all the time when you're giving so much of yourself, rather you're pouring out your heart at work or you're pouring out your heart on social media, or you're pouring out your heart to your friends all the time, and you're not really recharging your batteries, you can really burn out, you know? And that applies to everyone. It doesn't matter what you do for a career. It doesn't matter what you do. You could be working at Target, honey. If you don't don't have the time for some sort of self-care, you won't be able to continue going, regardless of what you do. You don't have to be popular to know that. You see what I'm saying? You don't have to be rich or anything to know that as well. So... You know, it's important, you guys. We really got to watch him and to help, you know, Justin Bieber. Keep it going. I want to hear the new material. Good for you. Um, let's see. <clears throat> so, I don't know if you all know. Um, I believe um, the comedian Gary Owens, he had an issue with Delta Airline employees. He called them out um, earlier today, you guys, because... <laughs> he stated how his wife and his daughter were flying from Cincinnati, Ohio to San Francisco and how um, his wife is flying in first class. Now, his wife always takes these flights or whatever. He was stating how his wife was in line and how the the airline employee or the airline agent asked her if she was truly in first class, darling. Uh, And... (laughs) He didn't ask the man standing behind her if he was in first class. Now, I didn't even know this, you guys, but Gary Owens, he's married to a black woman. Gary Owens is a white man, y'all. He's, he's a white man. He's a really popular. You know, he's, he's, he's somewhat woke. You know, he's always kind of defending. He's always, you know, using his platform to bring light to, like, black issues and things like that. So he's very sensitive, you know, to those things or whatever. He's, he has made his mistakes you know but you know he definitely is always calling shit out and he he appears to be an ally you know (laughs) anyways girl basically his wife is a black woman and the guy standing behind her in the line was a white man so the wife she was just like oh you know why are you asking me am I in first class but you don't want to ask the guy? Like, aren't you going to ask the guy behind me if he's in first class? The airline agent responded and said, you know, well, I don't really feel like it so I'm not going to ask him. And she was like, but why are you not going to ask him? Anyways, Gary Gary Owens. I'm so sorry, you guys. I just want to get all of this news out the way so we can talk about our topic, y'all. Anyways, Gary Owens called out Delta Airlines and basically was just saying, like, you know, she is a black woman and black people do fly first class. Like, y'all need to stop this shit. Like, this whole racial shit that y'all be doing on these fucking flights and shit is real. Y'all need to, like, chill on that. And don't ever ask her that shit ever again. Like, and... You know, that was a great thing. You know, it's always nice to see. Because the thing about the news and see, I don't even watch the news, but I feel like even even, you know, the online stuff, you know, we're we're always seeing bad shit all the time, you know. So it's nice to see those little those little pops of positivity or like people standing up for themselves. You know, that's always refreshing in my book, honey, because darling. I'm always for the underdog. I've been an underdog my whole life, you know, so for me, whenever I see little cute stuff like that, not just cute, but, but also challenging and, and, uh, stand up things like that, that people do for each other, that allies do for other, for other communities, you know, especially people of color, um. And LGBT people, like, it means a lot, you know, and it kind of reminds you, like, okay, there are real people out here going through real shit, you know, like, (laughs) everything is not always, you know, Fashion Nova, who's wearing this, who got into a fight here, who, who slapped who, who slept with who, who was in whose DMs, child, who cheated with who, you know, it's not always about that, there are real things going on as well, so... Shout out to you, Gary. That was a great move. And, you know, I thought it was a cute little video, y'all. At the end of the day, these airlines be doing too fucking much, bitch. These airlines, they be doing the most. And they are, they they stereotype, you know. They stereotype. And they, they low-key always question people of color, especially black people who fly first class. They always want to question you and, and act like you don't belong. Anyways. Ooh. Now, let's get to Levin' Hip Hop Atlanta, bitch. Because let me get my motherfucking wine for this, girl. Yes, I'm on an eating healthy thing, y'all. But look, I, a bitch still needs some wine, y'all. You look. I got the Sauvignon Blanc here, girl. Now, Tommy asks. Tommy is a cast member from 11 Hip Hop Atlanta, y'all. Now, in a few of my old episodes, <laughs> I call Tommy out because she keep going to jail all the time. She just keep going to jail, Uh, Last week, Tommy asked. She she got locked up again, y'all, because she showed up to to, to court drunk. She came to the courthouse drunk. Uh, Tommy, look, I think that the judge needs to send you to rehab. Like, real shit. Like, jail is not working, bitch, because you keep getting out of jail, you keep going back. It ain't working, girl. Some people need help. Like, jail is just not going to help them. They're going to be isolated and stuff behind bars, but that's not going to help them. I feel like... uh, I don't know if Tommy worked with Inyala Vinzant yet, but maybe that's what we need. Maybe we need to call Inyala, bitch. And we got to have her help us with these issues, girl, because this is a lot. I'm just like, girl... now. Just a refresher, you guys. Tommy was sentenced to, I believe, fifty-four years in jail due to child abuse because she showed up at her um, her daughter's school and like slapped her daughter in the face and like pushed her head into the locker and did all this crazy shit, y'all. So she got arrested for that, and you know she just has a lot going on. And it's sort of like I feel like with Tommy, every time it seems like she's doing good, she end up right back in the fucking slammer. And honestly, at this point, I'm just like, Tommy, I really like you, but girl, I don't know what to do. I don't, I don't, I mean, I can't do nothing because I don't know you personally, child. I'm just saying. You know how you want someone to win? You know, we see all these public figures and shit like that and, you know, reality stars and there's a hierarchy of who's more of a star, who's, who's less of a star of this bullshit. Some people who I watch on these shows, I'd be really wanting them to win. And Tommy's one of them you know, kind of like a Cardi B. Y'all know how we all want Cardi B to win and we're all happy for her. That's how I feel about Tommy. So I'm like, you know what, girl, I want you to do right. I want you to have a happy life, girl. You, you struggle so much. You've been through so much in your life and it just seems like we can never get it right. And we have to get to a place where we take accountability. We are not perfect, honey, but as people, we, we have to get to a place where we can say, you know what, I got to work on this. I got to. And I have to actually make strides. So, Tommy, get your shit together once again, girl. Get it the fuck together. Life is too short, girl. You spending your whole life in and out of jail, beating on your children, honey, acting fucking crazy, showing up to court drunk. It ain't worth it, girl. It is not worth it. It's not worth it. It ain't worth it, girl. It ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Oh, child. And then Scrappy, I believe he recently got out of jail or he's trying to get out. Um, he's another character off that show, child. I know my listeners probably don't watch this shit, but <laughs> it interests me, y'all. It really do. It really does. It really it interests me. Um tonight, the new season of Love and Hip Hop Atlanta premiered. I believe this is season I think this is season eight or seven. I believe it's season eight that they're on. But their new season aired and um I didn't get a chance to watch it. I will be watching it after this show tonight. I got to sit down, y'all, with my wine and watch a girl, because y'all know I love my ratchet shit. But um, <laughs> Mimi has been all over social media. It's been various clips of her fighting with her baby father, Stevie J. We all know those two. And they've been going at it because apparently Stevie J... Um, actually, I did see the clip. So Stevie J had um a meeting well he had a dinner with his daughter um and he did not tell his baby mama Mimi that Faith Evans, his new wife, they're so newly they just got married like a year ago. So his new wife, Faith Evans, would be at the dinner as well. So basically Mimi was upset because um her daughter, um, Ava came back and was like, Oh, you know, I had dinner with Daddy and I met his new wife. And Mimi did not know (laughs) that Faith Evans would be there, the new wife. She was under the assumption that it would just be like a daddy-daughter dinner. You know what I'm saying? Anywho, Mimi was popping off about that because... (laughs) Her daughter also told her that Stevie J asked her to move with him and Faith Evans to Los Angeles. Now, Mimi stays in Atlanta. Stevie J and Faith live here in LA. So... (laughs) Mimi felt some type of way because she she has raised her daughter by herself. You know, Stevie J is the Instagram he's the IG daddy, Instagram daddy child. So he'll 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 show off his children and his love for social media, but he's actually not there for his children in real life. You know what I'm saying? So Mimi on the actual episode, she was really upset. You know because Stevie J came to her home. And he was just trying to convince her to take her daughter. So she popped the fuck off. And she was like, how, you know, you're not just going to take my goddamn daughter to L.A. Like, what the fuck? And how are you over here not telling me that you're introducing my child to your new wife? Like, that's something that you got to tell me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I thought that you and her were just going to have, you know, daddy and, and daughter time. Anywho, look, these are these are the typical antics of CBJ Chow. And, you know, we all have to keep in mind that this is reality TV. Because I know that Faith Evans has always been in the picture. But, you know, her and her and CBJ have um, been best friends throughout the years, and they also dated on and off throughout the years as well. So Mimi knows who Faith Evans is. But this is a new place for Faith Evans to actually be CVJ's new wife. So, you know, Mimi, prayers to you, child girl. I'm glad she went off on his ass and cussed him out on national television because that's what he deserves. You know, some of these men just never learn their fucking lesson. And I just be sitting here like... Ugh. When are we all going to do better, guys? Men, when are we going to do fucking better? When are you going to fucking learn how to just be a real man? All of y'all are not fucking real. Like, I just sit out here, pass out your fucking dick or whatever. And you're not... You see what I'm saying? Like, they don't take accountability. They don't think. They don't They don't take their baby mamas into... Um, into, into, into ooh, child. Let me catch it. They don't take their baby mothers into consideration. They don't take other people into consideration. They just kind of do what they want. And they don't ever take accountability. Anywho, it's nothing new under the sun. This is, you know, the storyline has always been them two going back and forth throughout the years on the show. So this is nothing fucking new. It's a little exhausting, but I definitely will will still be tuning in because <laughs> I need a new reality show to watch. Next reality topic... Um. I don't know if you all follow Real Housewives of Atlanta. Marlo Hampton and Eva are having a lot of tension because apparently in the recent episode um, that played over the weekend, Marlo Hampton shared some information about Eva Marcel. Now, Eva Marcel, formerly Eva Pickford, formerly Eva the Diva from America's Next Top Model, y'all. That's Eva, child. Um... <clears throat> Marlo, basically exposed even, said how her and her husband are really not all they're cracked up to be. Um, Her and her husband are renting their home. They don't own their home. They don't own their car. They have horrible credit. They are late behind bills. They're over here living a fraudulent life. They commit fraud. They're basically living a fake life. Now, Marlo has been picking on Eva all fucking season This is another show that's kind of exhausting because I miss Phaedra and I miss fucking Kenya. Actually, I miss Kenya the most, but I think that Phaedra would be a good component to come back to the show because this show is falling through the fucking cracks. Real Housewives of Atlanta just, they don't really have the flair anymore. It's kind of like we're struggling for fucking storylines, but this one is still semi-juicy. Um... (laughs) Basically, Marlo just exposed Eva um, and Eva, of course, denied the claims. I don't believe it's true. I feel like Eva has always or she, you know, she's always somewhat appeared to be um, responsible with her coins. She's never been in the news or anything like that for like struggling with her finances and stuff like that. And also her, her husband, he is a politician in Atlanta. He did run for mayor. Um, last year of Atlanta. He didn't win, but you know, he's well known all over Atlanta as well. And honestly, I feel like Marlo is kind of some jealousy there. And uh, Marlo connected with um, Eva's um, former bridesmaid. This is how Marlo got the tea, y'all. So Marlo exposed Eva on the show because she had a conversation with another woman who was closely connect- connected to Eva Marcel. This woman was Eva's. Um, Bridesmaid, and they had a falling out. They had some tension, and uh, now apparently, after I did my research, you guys—you you guys know I am an investigative researcher, y'all. So <laughs> I found a lot of—I um, found a lot of things. I found a lot of things, you guys, and um, apparently, <clears throat> um, this former bridesmaid used to stay with Eva for a few years, rent-free. And basically, somewhere along the line, they fell out. They're not feeling each other. This particular person is exposing Eva right now and saying all this horrible stuff about her. Ugh, this shit is exhausting. Just talking about it, you guys. I think I'm fucking done with this shit. I'm, done. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I'm done, y'all. We 45 minutes and I didn't even get to talk about what I really want to fucking talk about, y'all. Anywho, child. I'm done with the celebrity stuff, y'all. That fucking exhausted me. You know. I love Eva. I, I, I will still watch the show. And um, if you all haven't tuned in, you know, if you like this shit, tune in. You know what I'm saying? Um, what else happened this week or these last few weeks that I wanted to address? Let's see. I think that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, y'all. Um, <clears throat> The topic that I wanted to talk about. Um, for the remainder of the show, because I have like about a good fifteen minutes left, I think. Anywho, um, <clears throat> I wanted to talk about transition. <sighs> this is a very personal topic for me because I'm actually really kind of private about that. I don't. I really kind of shy away from talking about my particular transition because you know I often struggle. I feel like my my transition. Um, you know, as far as, you know, my gender and everything and me being trans has been really kind of difficult. It's been hard for me because it's been several factors that I've dealt with, you know, through my transition that I, you know, it's been kind of rough. And, you know, there's financial factors, there's family factors, there's mental health, there's all types of things. And, I've physically been in this for... When did I, like, officially, like... Here's the thing, y'all. I've always felt this way all my life. I've always felt this way. And um, I've always known that I was different. I've always known that. And I've always... I've always felt that. That's something that has always been there. Um, but it's been about... It's been about six years of me into this, and it's it's it has its pros and its cons, you know. Um, it's a sacrifice in a sense to be myself, you know. I felt like I kind of gave up a lot, you know. For example, pre-transition, you know, I had I had male privilege, I had things like that. Um, but to me, I didn't really feel like I had full male privilege because I was so effeminate. I was ex- I was hyper femme And I feel like hyper femme men um, are not really treated like men. (laughs) They're kind of degraded and like looked down upon. So I don't really feel like they get full male privilege as well. But um, anywho, it's been a rocky journey for me, y'all. And I was talking to my therapist last week and I was just telling him how frustrated I was because, you know, I just turned 26 and like... I haven't accomplished the things that I wanted. Not only with my my physical transition, but um, just in my life. Like, I, I told him how I felt like, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of behind or I feel like, you know, fuck. Like, I'm seeing other people. Like, other people are out here. They have careers now. They're traveling. They're, like, doing all this hot shit. And I'm sitting over here, like, still trying to get out of a certain place. You see what I'm saying? Like, I'm still, like... I, I dealt with like several setbacks and sometimes I feel like, oh, I just wish I was a little bit further, like, <laughs> you know. And it was nice to kind of get that out and vent that to him. Cause in regards to my transition, I was just telling him how I was a little bit unhappy because I still haven't, you know, had certain procedures done. I'll leave it at that, y'all, because I don't wanna get too personal. No. But um you know, there there are more things that I want to accomplish as far as, like, surgeries and stuff like that that I want to do. And due to the financial stuff and my struggles with healthcare. like, you know, I do have medical insurance and it's been such a fight. Because so, I don't know if you all know this, but medical, some forms of med- medical insurance do cover um, transgender surgeries, like top and bottom surgery or, like, facial feminization or... You know, so facial feminization is basically where they feminize your face. Um, They'll probably, like, work on your nose a little bit. They'll work on your chin a little bit. They'll do things like that. I never really wanted that, per se. I've thought about it from time to time, but I'm actually happy with my face. Um, I like my face. But um, as far as, like, top and bottom, that's something that I definitely want to do, you know? um and it's been such a struggle dealing with the bureaucracy of healthcare it's been like i've been trying for years i've been trying for like the last 3 to 2 years to get things done and i'm constantly like pushed away <laughs> recently um actually last year i had one consultation for um one of the surgeries and basically he told me that he felt like i was fat <laughs> And he was just like, you know, and it's funny because I don't think I'm fat per se. I know that I've gained a little bit of weight and I'm thicker, but you know, I hate to say fat like that because I don't want to fat shame y'all, but that's what the surgeon said to me. He was just like, kind of coming at me, you know, kind of crazy. And I remember during my consultation, I told him, I was like, you know, we're in Beverly Hills right now and you're, you know, you're a little Beverly Hills surgeon or whatever. And I feel like you're used to the plastic girls, you know, you're used to getting those skinny girls the white girls, the the Asian girls and stuff, who are really really skinny, and they have that that European beauty thing going on, where they're skinny as fuck, and they have these big Barbie doll titties, and they look fake. Like, you know, you're used to that type of look and that type of energy, and that type of look is okay. It works for some girls, but for me, being a black woman, that's not my aesthetic. For me, being like, you know, a black trans woman, that is not my aesthetic. My aesthetic is very thick, curvy, think Serena Williams. That's my aesthetic. That's my body. And I told him, I was like, you know, I love my body. I accept the fact that I'm curvy. You know, um, do I need to work out? Yeah, probably. But I'm happy with my curves now. But I could I could probably push the plate away a little bit because I have gained a lot of weight over the last two years. I've been eating a lot, y'all. I got I got a little comfortable y'all. So <laughs> You know, and food is my comfort for me. So food is sort of like my vice. I feel like in life we all have our vices. Thankfully for me, it's not drugs, it's not alcohol, it's not crazy shit. It's for me, I feel like one of my vices is food. Like I feel like I struggle with that. Because food has always been my sense of safety. Um, my sense of comfort. I'm an emotional eater, so you know, I eat when I'm happy, when I'm sad, when I'm excited, when I'm <laughs> like I eat for every fucking mood. I just I'll go out and get a nice plate of food, y'all, before I go get some nice clothes. Like, that's, I'm a foodie, you know what I'm saying? And I had to watch that because, you know, with the weight gain that I had, it started to kind of affect my health where I had high blood sugar. So, you know, people will be like, oh, you know, you're not, like, obese. You're not that big or whatever. But I still had a few silent health issues or whatever where I had to pull back and be like, you know what, I have to eat better because if I want to live a long life and be healthy, um I got to like just step it up and start being more active and getting back to that cuz I used to be active before and you know um it's kind of hard like criticizing my weight because this is this has never really been something that I like struggled with in my adult life now growing up as a kid I was overweight and I was teased or whatever like I was a little chubby kid or whatever and then I lost all the weight as a teenager and I was like a stick <laughs> And it wasn't until like my mid twenties that the weight kind of came back due to like the hormones of my transition and you know eating a lot, not working out, <clears throat> and getting older. You know, like I definitely feel like with me aging, although I'm only 26, my 26 year old body is starting to change. You know, I'm very womanly. I'm very shapely now. You know, and I wasn't that way when I was when I was like 22. You know, when I first started, you know, my, my whole medical stuff, or actually, I started my medical stuff when I was like 18. But, you know, when I got deeper into my transition, I wasn't as curvy. I was a little bit curvy, but I wasn't nearly as curvy as I am today, and um, or as thick as I am today. Anywho, so far, I say all that to say that throughout my transition, it has been rocky, but I've always hung in there. And it's one of those things where I feel like when you when you transition, you transition for the rest of your life, I don't have the answers. Nobody else has the answers. Even when I meet my trans elders, they don't ever have the answers. You know, like, <laughs> they'll probably give me a little bit of advice, but I feel like most of them kind of, they're kind of not that nice or they're not really that, that uh, supportive of me in particular. So I don't really have a lot of, like, trans role models that I know directly in my real life. There's a few that I talk to, but we're not close like that. And there are times where I'm like, oh, like, I wish I had, like, people like me around me. But there are a few people who I do know. Um, For example, um, Shandy Moore is really close to me. I don't know if you all know Shandy Moore. She was on um, the Caitlyn Jenner reality show, I Am Kate. Um, Me and her, we talk a lot, you know, and... um, she's someone where, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I wish we were closer. But, you know, we we see each other here and there. And um, when we see each other, it's all love, you know. Um, and then there's a few other people around me where we're not, like, close, close friends. But when we see each other, it's, it's somewhat of a amicable experience. Like, you know, it's love. and um, But we're not close. And there are times I'm like, oh, like, I wish I had, like, <laughs> you know, a role model in my real life where I was cool with them. Like, you know, for example, <clears throat> like I met Janet Mock a few times and y'all know I look up to her so much. She's like the Oprah in my head to to our community. You know, um, Isis King is another one that I look up to so much. Laverne Cox, you know, just a few select girls like that where I'm like, oh, like I look up to them so much. And I, and I know that they had a hard experience, you know what I mean? So there'd be times where I'd be like, damn, I wish I like knew these girls in real life. Like I've met. Them a few times, but I only met Janet. I've only met um, Janet. Sorry about that, you guys. Um, I haven't met Isis sister Laverne yet, but you know, it's one of those things where I'd be like, in my real life, you know, I wish I had that sense of, you know, constant community around me. But um, yeah, I'm kind of rambling at this point, but I wanted to give y'all a small scope of that piece of my life because it's really private to me and. If I could rate my transition on a scale of 1 to 10, I would probably say uh, I'm a lot happier. I'm not nearly as sad as I was pre-transition. I was really, really depressed and, you know, suicidal at one point because um, I just wasn't happy. And, and, you know, I grew up in a family where people people like me were, like, shunned upon and, like, ashamed, you know? Like, my family completely disowned me. And, you know, so having to unpack all of that and grow in that has been really, really rough. So I'd probably give my transition. Honestly, I'm happy to be here, but I'd probably give it like a seven <laughs> because I just I really thought that by a certain age I would like be done with it as far as the medical aspects of it. Um and I'm, sometimes I'm kind of disappointed because I'm like, fuck, like, my timeline is off. Like, fuck, like, <laughs> you know, I'm getting older. I just want to, like, enjoy being, you know, my new womanhood or whatever. Like, you know, I want to enjoy it and stuff. Like, I'm tired of, like, <laughs> just trying to, like, get by and not being able to, like, do what I want to do as far as the whole surgery thing, you know? Um, You know, because I'm, I'm on top and bottom, y'all. Shit, a bitch, you know, because that's just how I feel. And that doesn't make you more of a woman or less of a woman, but you know, for me, like, from my experience, that's something that I want to accomplish for my own happiness, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, so I'm just going to keep going, though, you know, I'm definitely speaking with this stuff to my therapist, and, you know, because I don't really have a lot of people around me who understand what I'm going through, I have a few, but I don't ever really feel, like, fully connected to them, so I'm actually kind of really private about this type of information, and I, you know, like, I just try to, like, keep pushing through and keep my head up and not compare myself to other women, um, cis or trans, like, biological woman or trans woman, like, I try my best to not compare myself, but, you know, I'm so human, and I'm so growing as a young woman, too, and... There are times where I'm like, oh, like, I just wish my body, like, reflected how I feel. Like, that that dysphoria, that gender dysphoria in me is like, it gets to me sometimes. And, you know, I, I understand why a lot of girls get into risky things such as, like, sex work or prostitution and stuff like that in order to pay for their search because... It's so expensive. And it's like, you know, I still have bills. I still got to pay rent. I still got to pay my car. I still got to... You know, so there are times where, you know... Because some of the girls, they have sugar daddies who help them. Me, like, I've never had a man ever <laughs> help me do anything. And for me, like, that's not really my stilo. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I have thought of it, y'all. I'd be like, damn, I wish I had a sugar daddy, y'all. Because life is hard, bitch. <laughs> Let me go get me a white man to pay for this shit. But, you know, like... It's it's crazy, though, because, you know, I've always been very independent and I've always, you know, found a way on my own, you know, and that's not why I'm stepping into this. You know, I'm stepping into I stepped into this because this is who I really am. You know, I'm not doing this for fun. I'm not doing this for a show like this is genuinely me, you know. And I think a lot of people, they don't really see that side of it. They don't see the human side of it. They just see, oh, you transition. you are a freak, you're this, you're that. Oh, you know, they just, all, they're always so curious about, like, your body or what you had done or who you're sleeping with. They never really, like, take you into, they don't ever treat you as, like, a full human, you know? And I think that's what another piece of my transition that I've always fought for dearly is to, like be taken seriously as a person. You feel me? Um, I feel like day in and day out, I definitely, like, fight for respect. You know what I mean? And I'm always trying to just stay on my stay on my toes and stay on my grind and always trying to just keep it moving, you know? There's a saying that says, you know, as long as you keep moving, you're doing something right. You just got to keep moving, you know? So I may not be where I want to be. Um, and there are times when I get down about that. You know, because I'm, I'm a human, you know, but at the same time, I'm, I'm thankful that I'm here and I'm thankful that I have the opportunities that I have. And, I, and I'm so thankful that I'm blessed and I'm thankful that I have the opportunity to not only live my truth, but pursue my education and like, you know, have friends and have this have this show and have this podcast. So. Anywho, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so sorry I didn't get to like spend a lot of time <laughs> talking about my transition, but I'll, you know, I'll probably touch on it a little bit more in the future. It is something that's very personal for me, you know. So, um, like I said earlier, I never really talk about it because I I think for me, I want to protect myself so much, you know. Um, yeah, and that, that could be a sensitive part of me, you know. Anywho, thank you so much for tuning into episode eight of the Perfect Blend podcast. It was so fun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Have a positive week, y'all. Listen to this in the car when you're in traffic, honey. Bump me, share me, like me, honey, and just keep the word going. Please remember to leave me a rating um, on iTunes and um, a review. Um, thank you guys so much. I love you. Take care, and I'll. You'll listen to me next time. I, I won't see you guys next time because this is all audio, child. Bye.